When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's December 6th, 1955, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Do you know who was the first female contestant to win a jackpot prize on a TV quiz show? Well, if you don't know the answer, it's probably because the producers didn't secretly give it to you beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) On this day, a New York psychology graduate called Joyce Brothers won the $64,000 question with her specialist topic of boxing. And if you're thinking it's rather unusual, particularly in the 1950s, that a female New York psychologist would enter a quiz show with the specialist subject of boxing, you would be hinting at the fact that there was some machinations behind the scenes to make this so. Uh, Depending on what story you read, either Joyce Brothers had worked this out for herself or the show's producer, Mert Coplin, had been involved in persuading her this way. The show had in those days particularly enjoyed sort of misdirecting the audience. So you'd have a marine officer who was an expert cook or a shoemaker who knows about opera and that's what the producers were looking for so they liked her but they said to her we need you to come up with a masculine subject because that is just intrinsically interesting and it turned out that by december at least she did know a lot having swatted up about boxing and the footage is actually really brilliant to watch because she does that thing once she's in the revlon booth the sponsor of the show is revlon and she's isolated from all sound except the host's voice she does that thing where she in trying to recall specialist knowledge on boxing her eyes almost roll into the back of her head and i really do think that she was trying to retrieve facts and there is some speculation about whether she was being fed answers or whether she wasn't but Certainly all of the inquests have cleared her. Yeah, so she almost certainly wasn't being fed answers because although this was something that was happening, and I expect we'll get onto that in a second, show sponsors had a huge amount of power in this era. And the sponsor, as you mentioned, Arian, was Revlon. And the CEO of Revlon, Charles Revson, was very involved in the show, including trying to get rid of contestants he didn't like. And apparently he disliked Joyce because she didn't wear a lot of makeup, which obviously Mm. isn't a big advertisement for a cosmetics firm. Which is such an insane way to look at it because she was one of the few female contestants like that's a massive opportunity for them isn't it if that's your view give her a makeover don't just say we don't want her on the show because she's not wearing makeup and so they (laughs) threw her a few real curveball questions because they asked her some really obscure questions about boxing referees rather than boxers but she couldn't be stumped she was a really brilliant student as well she had been at Cornell and Columbia both very prestigious universities and she just basically applied that intense academic focus to boxing and she'd memorized annals and annals of boxing history the level of questions that were pitched at her is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's really funny watching the $64,000 question at all now because the suspense is so protracted anyway. Because The format is, like on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that it's a series of questions that double your money. So $1,000, $2,000, $4,000, etc. 
But unlike Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, once you get to a certain level, I think $8,000, in between each correct answer, you have to go away and come back next week. So by the time she got to $64,000, she'd been on the telly a lot, actually. And a lot of the suspense about whether she was going to keep the money or double her money is kind of dissipated and it's a bit odd. And then when you get to the questions themselves, they're ridiculously multi-layered. It's like, if your specialist subject is the Bible, the question would be something like, which three kings in the Bible were compared to vegetables? What page number was that reference on in the King Mm. James? And which philosopher first pointed this out? It's like that. And so everyone's (laughs) answer to all the questions is... Could you just repeat that again, please? Because <laughs> it's like seven questions in one. But the way that she answered the question when she was asked, as she was so many times after she won the thing, how she did it, she said she was literally hungry. At the time, she was a new mother and her husband was a medical resident whose stipend was about $50 a month. And the family financial pinch was all the motivation that she needed. And she just got the record books out and she started memorizing these things by rote. And she literally said, we were hungry. That was why I did it. And I mean, if you're in her position, you know, you've done a doctoral dissertation, cramming in information is what you do. It's not as if the consolation prize wouldn't have been significant in her life. So, like, even if you walked away from the big prize, you got to have a Cadillac. I mean, she could have sold the Cadillac and lived on that for all the weeks that it took her to prepare. So (laughs) it sort of made sense. You can really cram in information on one particular topic if you've got photographic memory like she had. Well, you had to have a nerve of steel to go away for a week and then come back and then decide to risk it all for that jackpot prize as she did. And she was used to being underestimated because of her gender as well. She would go on to talk about how when she was accepted to do her PhD at Columbia, the dean of the college basically sat her down and said, you know, we can't reject you because your academic credentials are so good, but you're taking away a place from a man who could have a career, whereas you're just going to be a mother. So, you know, she was used to being underestimated and she kind of, you know, took that to her advantage, really. In fact, when she won the $64,000 question the first time, because she also won the $64,000 challenge, which is one where she was pitted against an expert, which was like a spin-off series. Um, But when she won the $64,000 question the first time on this day, the producers did not have $64,000 ready to give her because they just assumed she would never win. No one was going to win this amount of money with these ridiculous questions. Even though the producers didn't have the cash in hand, they must have pretty quickly been able to pull it together because the show was a massive hit. According to the broadcast historian Robert Metz, even President Dwight Eisenhower was watching the show and he insisted that he wasn't to be disturbed while it was on. And the nation's crime rate, as well as its movie theatre and restaurant patronage, dropped dramatically whenever the show was on. So everyone in the country, from criminals to restaurant goers, was watching the $64,000 question. I mean, this really was the kind of golden age and so many quiz shows came in its wake and then they were immediately undercut then by the scandals that ensued. There'd been rumours about whether quiz shows were being rigged since 1957, but the edifice tumbled abruptly in August 1958. And the way it happened was that a standby contestant on the CBS quiz show Dotto noticed that the contestant who'd just gone on, who was a woman called Marie Wynne, had left her notebook. And he had a look into it and he was reading through her notes. And at the same time, he could hear her being asked the same questions on stage. And he came forward with this kind of incontrovertible evidence that shows were being rigged. And that prompted former contestants from many popular quiz shows to come forward with similar stories of being given questions or even answers in advance. Joyce Brothers was actually called before a grand jury and cleared her name on this by answering a series of arcane boxing questions from the dock. 
Um, wow. So she could show that she had become an expert in boxing, even if it wasn't her interest originally. Meanwhile, there are question marks about whether the producers were in her ear, <laughs> presumably, <laughs> while she made her testimony. <laughs> well, Joyce Brothers uh, continued as a name into the modern days of television as well, in the United States anyway, as a kind of regular guest on shows like The Tonight Show, because she was the first time that mainstream America had seen a pop psychologist on telly. Mm. And even though she wasn't a psychiatrist, even though she didn't treat people, she didn't have a clinic, she'd kind of established a career as a sort of TV agony aunt. Uh, she wrote an advice column for Good Housekeeping for 40 years. She was very canny in realising that she could take what was a PhD, but nonetheless a degree in academic psychology, and apply it into self-help for middle America. Yeah, she once told the Washington Post, I invented media psychology. I was the first. I was the founding mother. You know, she had this quite shy demeanor, which really does come across in the footage from the $64,000 question and challenge. But beneath it, there was a sort of steeliness and a confidence and a determination. And I think all of that together kind of mixed into what made her such a likable and appealing and also, frankly, capable character who could dispense advice uh, across the rest of her career. And it's very rare to find an academic who knows what they're talking about, who really does understand how to give the people what they want. Because if you look at her dissertation, it was entitled An Investigation of Avoidance, Anxiety and Escape Behaviour in Human Subjects as Measured by Action Potentials in Muscle. Uh, wow. <laughs> by 1978, she was writing books called How to Get Wherever you want <laughs> yeah yeah she tones it way down because i looked up some of her most famous quotes and they are very motivational poster ready they're things like a strong positive self-image is the best possible preparation for success and the best proof of love is trust you know these are things that they could be true and useful for people i'm sure but they're very digestible they're way down the non-academic end of the spectrum in case you're wondering whether the sixty-four thousand dollar question ever came over to the uk it did, but although it was called the $64,000 question here in the UK because the title had some traction, uh, do you know what the top prize was? Not $64,000, I'm guessing. It was £1,600 because that was equivalent to 64,000 sixpences. <laughs> <laughs> this was later doubled to 64,000 shillings, uh, which is equivalent <laughs> to £3,200. But it was a hit for ATV, which goes to show that the format is rock solid, whether you're giving away dollars or shillings. <laughs> if you were a contestant, you'd be like, I feel like you're willfully misunderstanding the total amount of prize money I'm supposed to be getting. <laughs> like, 64,000 pennies. Like, no, no, just, I want the money, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. And apparently for the rest of his life, when he came to the UK, people on the street would address him as Mr. Preview. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.